Hey everyone, this is Mike Dunn, and you are listening to Rethinking EDU. I'm super pumped, as usual, to be here this fine evening with my co-hosts, Janine, Julie, and Matt. Um, let's start with Julie. How are you doing tonight, Julie? I'm doing just fine. Uh, this week, I visited my mom and dad for the first time in a couple of months, so I was super oh. excited about that and a little nervous given our climate here, but... Um, getting ready to look for some scaled back adventures this summer. That's so nice. And they're doing okay? Everybody's good? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're a, a little bored, feeling a little cooped up like most people. Sure. <laughs> sure. And what about you, Janine? How are you feeling tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm still down at the beach. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. And today, today was a very productive day, though, because it's actually kind of uh, rainy and cloudy and cold here. So because I was inside, um, yeah, I banged out a bunch of stuff for for working on my dissertation stuff. So I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty productive today. <laughs> awesome. All right, Matt. What about you? What's happening? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, um, today we had to had to cancel our summer trip. We we're supposed to go to Costa Rica, so I was on hold oh, uh, for three hours with oh. uh, <laughs> with Air Canada, and then I was pretty heated. And I might have gone a little overboard, and then the lady hung up on me. So. Oh no! <laughs> so all of that to wait, you know, waste. Wild. Did you get your? Did you get a refund for your flight or anything like that? Uh, uh not yet. So, so we'll see. I'm gonna try again tomorrow and try to be a little bit more level-headed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, it's so good to hear from you guys tonight, and I'm really stoked that we are sitting here. Well, I guess they are sitting where they are, and we are sitting where we are. And we've invited Stephanie Howell and Lance Key of Get Inspired and Innovate with us. Um, Lance, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. Uh, we've uh, finished up the school year here, and we are in our uh, third week of summer school right now, which uh, I'm the administrator for that. And uh, we actually have students that are coming live into our labs and, and working and uh, very small, only about 10 people coming in, but everything's going well with that. So uh, you know, it's taking a little, little stress off me and thinking hopefully we might eventually get back to some normalcy. Wow, that's interesting. You guys have already started um, summer school. We just ended school maybe like a week and a half ago. So it's fascinating for me to hear that you guys already started. And, and Lance, you're calling from um, Tennessee, correct? Just outside of Memphis? No, I am just uh, east of Nashville. I'm about 50 miles east of Nashville. So I'm the opposite direction from Memphis, towards Knoxville. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yes, Knoxville, a town I've always wanted to visit. Um, I hear it's very nice there. So, Stephanie, I'm also super pumped that you're here. You're uh, on our chat tonight from Ohio. How are you feeling tonight, Stephanie? I'm doing really well. Just like Lance, we finished up the school year a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm under an admin contract, so I am still working. But today was my last day for summer, and then I'll be back in July. So it was fun wrapping things up. Um, with Global GEG, we're working on a boot camp for level one and then level two in July. So that's kind of where my focus is right now. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. Um, and so I want to, I want to talk just for a second about who you guys are, how you um, kicked kind of in uh, getting inspired, uh, get inspired and innovate off of the ground. Um, but let's just talk about your roles at your school and Stephanie, maybe let's start with you. So you're a instructional technology coordinator 
um, kind of what do you, what is your, what is the main focus of your role and uh, who are you interacting with mostly on a day-to-day basis? So I'm mostly interacting with teachers every day. Uh, my role kind of switched when we went to remote learning a little bit, um, the focus of it. And every single year it's a different focus because I'm always changing as the teachers change. So my main role is I'm meeting teachers exactly where they're at, providing pretty much small group one-on-one PD. That could look like modeling. I could be in a classroom teaching with them. I could be meeting with them during their planning period. Um, I could be sharing different resources with them. So every day it kind of looks different. Every Monday though, I'm in meetings, usually Monday and Fridays I'm in meetings. And then Wednesday, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I said that out of order. I am, (laughs) (laughs) I am with teachers. So I'm in the classroom, co-teaching, meeting with them. And it's, teachers have grown a lot because of this model. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And let's, let's talk uh, about what your role is again, um, technology integration specialist, right? Actually, I should say instructional technology specialist. And uh, who are you interacting with mostly in your role at your, um, at your school? That's just one of my titles that I have. Uh, I'm the only instructional technology specialist for about 800 teachers in our district. So I work with them uh, daily, daily on how to use EdTech tools, whether it's uh, Google Classroom, Google Tools, Canvas, uh, Screencastify, anything like that. I do most of the training that we have for that. Uh, I'm also uh, the assistant principal for our virtual school that's in the county. So our virtual school vital is a little different than most virtual schools. We don't actually have our own students, but we go into uh, the classrooms and and the schools and see where the pain points are at and where we can help with classroom sizes or offering classes that, you know, they don't offer at the high school. Uh, And then I'm an online math teacher for us. Uh, So I teach online uh, algebra one, algebra two, geometry, uh, pre-calculus, calculus. Um, and then I also teach distance learning to middle schools, uh, algebra two. So we can't put an algebra two uh, teacher in every middle school. So that I teach it from my desk every day. Uh, so that's, that's kind of my roles in my district. Also, I'm, I'm helping build our remote learning plan, or should I say plans, because we don't know exactly which direction we're going to go until we get our survey information back. Uh, so I'm, I'm helping build that plan also. Sounds really awesome. Sounds like you guys are both super busy. Um, supporting teachers in technology is uh, no easy task. And I know we want to talk a little bit about that um, later on in the episode. But I want to talk a little bit about get, in, get Inspired and Innovate before we move into talking about supporting teachers in their, tech, in their technology use. Um, Kim, one of you all just kind of give us some insight. How did your uh, podcast which is what Get Inspired and Innovated is, come about? And, um, you know, how often are you guys uh, putting out episodes and kind of what is the focus of your uh, of your work? So our podcast came about in Sydney, Australia. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. not really close to Ohio <laughs> or, or Memphis, or, sorry, or Nashville, uh, just saying. No, no, you know. not at all. And it started on a walk. <laughs> Lance, you want to go ahead and talk about that walk a little bit? Well, I certainly I do. You know, that's one of my favorite things to tell about you. Uh, Stephanie and I, we met in Sydney, Australia at the Google Innovator uh, Academy. And this was actually the day before everything started. And uh, her husband was there. My wife was there. And they're like, hey, y'all want to go on a walk along the Pacific Ocean? 
And I was dumb enough to say, yes, let's do it. You know, <laughs> and knowing Stephanie as well as I know her now, I know she's very organized. She's very planned. All these things. I don't know what happened to her on this day. Because we get there, we're going on this walk, and we get lost. We're stuck in a graveyard. We don't know how to get out. I, I'm pretty sure we may have walked on a few graves, which I, I feel bad about. Uh, and knowing Stephanie as well as I do, I know that she should have planned that better in her type A personality, you know, um, that it's just not her character. So, but while we were on that walk and I was yelling and fussing at her because I'm also very pale skinned and so was my wife. Uh, and we got very burnt on that walk. Uh, we started talking and um, formed a good relationship through, uh, what is it they say? There's a saying, something about, uh, you know, in, in trials and tribulations, you know, you grow closer or something like that. I don't know. But uh, we, we started talking about it. Uh, first thing, when we got back uh, to the States, we contacted each other and said, hey, we need to start a podcast. And uh, that's kind of where it started. Stephanie, I'll let you, you take over from there. Yeah. So during the walk, um, one of our segments in our podcast is a meme or quote. And the reason we picked them, it was supposed to be a meme, but some people struggle with funny and being hilarious and they don't really like memes so we had to add the quote part in but on the walk we were talking about grumpy cat and how we really loved grumpy cat me and um lance's wife and how she used it to teach and so then we were like that has to be a segment and so now just from that opportunity that we had in sydney australia it just has grown so we met again in isti and we all went on this scavenger hunt and so we just have like all these crazy stories about how our paths have connected and how different issues in education aren't just in Ohio, they're also in Tennessee. And so we're also working together to problem solve. Um, Lance will never say this in his district, but yeah, all those documents are mine. Um, he just steals them. <laughs> he just steals them and put my, he puts my name on them. He's like, I know you've already had this done. Can I just have a copy of it? I'm like, sure, whatever. And yeah, he definitely takes off my school logo and my name. Um, so if you're listening from Tennessee, that's Lance. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. What they say, the best teachers are the ones who um, know how to steal things from other people the most uh, easily, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's how we kind of got started. But let's, uh, if you don't care, let's talk about the purpose for a minute. Um, so Stephanie does do a lot of work, and, and I do some too. And I think on one of our recent shows, she talked about how she steals stuff from me too, and I don't know it. At least I'm mad enough to admit it. Um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but, you know, there, there's so many people out there doing so many great things and uh, there were so many innovative projects that I just didn't even know about. We felt like that, that one, we needed to spread the knowledge somehow to, to people in our districts, but also people around the world. Uh, we made great connections while we were in Sydney, Australia, with, uh, with a lot of great innovators and have made great connections with, with people all over the world now. Um, and as Stephanie said, you know, things become not my problem anymore, but our problem. And we can work on these things together. But then we can share some of the great things that people are doing from across the world that our listeners can hear uh, so that they can grow also. Um, so that, that's really, you know, the thought behind it. Uh, but also innovators, too. It, it really bothered me a little bit while we were at the academy. They said, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll do their one year of their innovator project and then after that it just dies um, and to me that, that kind of hurt a little bit because i'm thinking man my innovator project is kind of my passion and, and what you know i want to share with the world and so we also thought that this might 
rekindle some of those old uh, old innovative projects and also, you know, uh, breathe life into those that are going right now. Because sometimes you hit a wall and it's like, man, I'm not ever going to get through this. Uh, so just being able to come on the show and share their, their vision, I feel like helps a lot of times. Yeah, it's super interesting. You know, we found that quite a, quite a bit with our uh, show only in its infancy. You know, we're, um, I think this might be episode number 14 that we're recording right now. So we're still, still youngins in this podcasting game. But I certainly, and co-hosts, you guys, you guys can chime in on this, this too. But I certainly have found that just building up our relationship as well as the relationships with the people that we that we've brought on has really been inspiring and motivating more than more than anything, right? Um, to kind of say, hey, what's that thing you were working on, or you are working on, or whatever? Let's lend some airtime to that. Um, talk about it a little bit more. Reflect about why we think that's important, and then hopefully you can walk away from whatever we talked about here and move that into whatever sort of next step you're you're kind of in. Um, co-host, you want to add anything to that? I 100% agree. I just think that finding other people that are doing really amazing things, it is inspiring. So, yeah. And I think that's kind of the purpose of this, of this network series that we're in right now is all about connecting people who have like minds, like motivations and other things to each other and the power in making that happen. Lance, what, what were you going to add? So and I don't know if Stephanie would would admit to this or not either, but she and I have fangirled or boyed a, a couple of times over even some of the people we've had on the show. Uh, yeah. so just, just right before we came on here today, we recorded episode 72 uh, and we had Tyler Tarver on the show. And uh, Stephanie's like, who is Tyler Tarver? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you don't know who Tyler Tar- Tarver is. He's got almost 50,000 YouTube followers. He's got videos that has almost 2 million views on them. And she's like, no, I didn't know who this guy is. And I'm like, I still know <laughs> this guy all the time. So, so not only is it helping our listeners, but, you know, I got pumped up about today. And she's like, man, what's wrong with you? I, I'm pretty pretty sure we had the exact same experience with our last episode. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. We, we, had, a, uh, we had Tom Vander Ark, and, uh, and that was just a great, great experience. It was a really good conversation, too. So we were excited to have him, but then that conversation, um, just like we're having now, was, was inspiring and allowed us to um, you know, just deal with and think about some of these issues on a deeper level. And I mean, the Innovator Academy, if you're thinking about applying, you need to. It completely changed my career. The way that you build relationships and the connections that you make saved my career. Um, I was almost at burnout. And once I met the people there, they kind of lit a fire again inside of me. And I was so excited for education and the connections I've made. I have friends that I can talk to because at any time in the world, because they're all around the world. So they're usually up when I'm maybe needed to sleep or when I'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning, they're up. So it's just a way to collaborate. And it's been awesome. Stephanie, can you talk a little bit more about the Innovator Academy? Yeah, so the Google Innovator Academy, this year it's online due to COVID, but in the past you've gone to an academy and it's at Google and it's three days. So you go, you get to eat all the amazing Google food. You can go on a walk if you decide, right, Lance? Yeah. And then um, once you're there, it's the best professional development I've ever received. It's hands-on, it's collaborating, 
Um, you do a lot of reflection. It's design thinking. And you're working to solve a problem in education. And you have all these amazing educators in the same room helping you solve this problem. Like Lance said before, it's not just my problem. It's everybody's problem. So we left this um, Innovator Academy. And then you have a year to do a project. So you get to spend all of your time, resources, trying to fix this problem in education. And then at the end of the year, you have a showcase where you get to show off your project that you've been working on for the past year. Cool. That sounds awesome. Stephanie, can you, uh, and Lance, can you guys tell us a little bit about the projects that you did at the Innovator Academy? Yeah. So my project was focused on students with disabilities and how a lot of my teachers focus at the recall level on web's depth of knowledge. So there's like four tiers to web's depth of knowledge and a lot of my teachers were just focused on recall. So they were taking a lesson and maybe they were using Quizlet Live. So the kids were just using that information for vocab and they were just recalling it. There wasn't a whole lot of extension with that. So a lot of students with disabilities struggle with recall. That's why they don't feel successful in school because they really, that's a weakness that they have. So taking that learning and extending it all the way to level four where students are justifying it and more debating it and providing all that kind of stuff really helped those students and um, it really helped build relationships. So I also took Hattie's work and I took relationships you know, first and we focused on that in August. Then the next month we focused on vocabulary. Then the next month we focused on something else. And so throughout the whole year, teachers saw lesson examples and it was aligned so they could see this lesson is at the recall level and this goes all the way to the level four. And so teachers could see that and then they realized, oh, just asking my kids to fill out a Google form is just a level one activity where I should be doing weekly meetings with them to build relationships. So those teachers that really did this they grew so much over the whole year. That's great. Yeah, before we get to Lance, Lance, I want to hear about yours. But Stephanie, you said uh, this sort of saved your uh, teaching career, um, going to this academy and this project. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so as a, I'm a young leader. So I am an admin at my school district. And I was only 26 when I became like in this role. And so I'm in the middle between teachers and principals. And so I feel like, you know, I, I, I see both sides of the situation for a district. I see the teacher side, and I also see why we have to make certain decisions that we do. And so, you know, you're kind of like playing tug of war, like in the middle, and you're like, I don't know what side to go to. And you can't really vent to anybody, especially like teachers, because they could go and say like, oh, Stephanie said this, you know, and then you're in a lot of trouble or something. So finding like-minded people at the Innovator Academy that were also tech coaches, because being a tech coach is pretty lonely. Usually there's only one per district. So finding other people that had similar values as I did, and they saw education differently than some of the teachers or some of the principals in my district, and just being able to collaborate with them. I mean, there's things where if I go to a principal and I try to collaborate, they have no idea what I'm talking about because that's not in their that's not in their responsibilities, it's in mine. And so being able to collaborate with other people and steal resources, like there's so many, I don't think I've made up a presentation because I just steal from other educators and then I just tweak it a little bit to fit what I Wait, do. so who's stealing from who here? Lance is stealing from Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie is stealing from other people in Ohio. 
So, uh, <laughs> oh, not in Ohio. It's around the world. I don't. I don't. The conferences I go to are in Ohio. I can't stay home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, I I can relate. I'm a I'm a tech coach as well. So, I, uh, what you're saying um, definitely definitely hits home. Lance, can you talk a little bit about uh, your innovator project? Sure, sure. Well, first off, I, I want to make sure that we mention, and Stephanie had said this somewhere else that. Kyle Mel and I saved her career. So <laughs> nice. uh, I, just, I just want to make sure that, that, that that's out there. Uh, but yeah, my project, it's its nowhere as near as glamorous as Stephanie's nor uh, as as uh, deep a, a depth of knowledge as hers. Uh, but what I started noticing was the students that, that I was working with, especially students that were um, in, the, in the traditional method would have been vocational students how they weren't being successful post-secondary. Uh, and it really sort of bothered me because I felt like some of these, these students were really good uh, students and they get out into the workforce um, and they just weren't being successful. So uh, I thought, well, I'm gonna start surveying, uh, you know, stakeholders and let's figure out why. So uh, we started surveying uh, deans of colleges, admissions to colleges, you know, uh, people at trade schools, CEOs of company, line leaders, uh, HR, um, and, and was asking them, you know, what do we need? We also surveyed teachers and principals. And, and, you know, what do you feel like these students need to be successful? And it was very eye-opening because myself as a math teacher, I'm thinking, oh, well, they don't have the math skills that they need to be successful in the future. Uh, and then, you know, the English teacher is like, well, they can't read, they can't write. That's the problem that they've got. And that's why they're not being successful. But then when we actually started looking at our other stakeholders, our, uh, like I said, our CEOs and our, especially our HR department, that's one that we hit really big. They said, no, it's not those things that our students don't have. Our students don't have the worth ethic that they need. They don't have that struggle that, you know, that they hit, you know, getting up every morning at 6 a.m. and having to come to work. And, you know, maybe not everything goes that way, their way. They don't have the communication skills that they need to be successful. They don't have the teamwork. They don't have the creativity and the problem-solving skills that they need. So my project became, okay, we need to create an awareness, one, for, for teacher students. Uh, uh, these are the things that we're hearing back from the workforce mainly and from actually from uh, deans of colleges and admissions of colleges that are the skills that you are lacking. Um, now, this is, this is something that I don't feel like can be changed overnight, uh, but it's, it's something that we need to let them know that this is an awareness of, of the things that you might want to look at working on. Uh, my, the title of mine is Key Skills for Success. Uh, the website is keyskillsforsuccess.com. You can see all the data, all the research that we did there. Uh, and I've got the first unit loaded, Worth Ethic. Uh, I didn't load anything but the first unit because uh, I've got a company who is actually uh, buying this project. Oh, wow. That's great. Is, it, is that a recent uh, development? Um, no, actually, the, it was the agreements was made to sell it back in about February. Uh, and we put everything on hold right now because of COVID and everything. So the company's just waiting for everything to level out before they actually, you know, purchase this. Cool. That's great. Congratulations. Um, just to clarify, so some of our listeners may have never heard of, you know, being a Google certified innovator. Um, 
Could you just break it down for someone that's maybe never heard about it? How would they become a Google certified innovator? And then there's also other Google certifications out there, such as a trainer and maybe some other things. If you could just touch on that a bit before we move on in the um, in our conversation. Well, Stephanie and I have some arguments about this, um, so I'm going to I'm going to let Stephanie tell you uh, how to become a Google certified innovator. I'll tell you what what it is. Um, but the definition that I haven't given, which I thought was pretty elegant, was it's Google uh, taking in educators to solve the world's hardest problems. So you get to pick your problem. It's a problem that's really a worldwide problem. Uh, but, um, you know, they, they bring us in to solve those problems and then they use it globally. And they've, they've got innovator projects that's been published uh, in their their domain. Stephanie, you can tell them how to get to that also because I don't remember the website right now. Yeah, so I like to go in order because I'm very type A. <laughs> and so the first one is level one. So level one is based on Google tools. And then you just take a test. It has 25 multiple choice questions. And then it has like a task section. So some of the tasks are go to Google Calendar, share the event with a colleague. And they give you like a fake Google account. I still have no idea how they grade all this, but it's like intense. And then you do all these different tasks. So create a Google doc and add a table of contents or add a table on that Google document, that kind of stuff. And then once you're done, you submit the test and then you go on to level two. Um, if you pass, you don't have to go in order, but I think you should. And so level two is- response, just for the record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except, for, except for which one's going long walls. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> then you just meander around and see what happens, yeah. <laughs> So level two is just like level one, 25 questions, and it, it has the task. Only this time, level two is more focused on education. So using the tool in education. So they talk about like um, using Google Classroom and creating a discussion and doing all these different tasks within education with a scenario that is like a classroom setting. And so after you finish those for trainer, you need both of them. And the trainer exam is 25 questions, multiple choice. You have to have a video of you training. And then you also have to have different trainings that you've done with feedback. And then you can submit that and you become a Google trainer. So a Google trainer is really awesome because you get to be a part of a crazy group, which sometimes there's way too many emails, but you get all these different resources in this community. And then you can also get into the um, edgy directory to get like different training opportunities if you want to. And then the next step is innovator. So for innovator, you only need level two. You do not need level one or trainer, which I just think is wrong. Cause again, you need to go in order. Um, but Lance will argue with you about that. <laughs> and so for innovator, you create a 90, well, it was 60 seconds. This year they bumped it up to 90 second video about a problem in education. You're not supposed to solve it but you are just supposed to um, have a problem and explain it, which is really hard to do for educators because we're so focused on solving a problem in education and not just, oh, here's the problem type of thing, you know, like I don't have a solution because we think that we always need a solution. And then you fill out a pretty intense application and then you find out if you've been accepted and you get added to a crazy Google chat and you're like, why is everybody congratulating me? Like, what is this? And who are all these random people in this group? 
And you get to go to a three-day academy and then you have that year long process. Um, so level one is $10 to take the test. Level two is $25 to take the test. Um, trainer is completely free, but for the, do you have to pay for that test, Lance? Yes, you did. Yes. Okay. I think it's $24. Nah, I don't recall. It was, it was a lot more when I took it because it was six different tests. I haven't taken it in a few years, but you do have to pay for it. And then the Innovator Academy, the training is free. However, you do have to pay to get there and like room board, but food and all that kind of stuff is free while you're at Google. Well, it sounds like both of you are, you know, next level. Um, I'm a regular, you know, classroom teacher uh, working to find my way here with the technology. But um, so you both support teachers like me and their use of technology. I wonder if you could um, tell us how the last few months have gone uh, since the whole world is online. And um, do you have any takeaways from sort of this initial launch? And then, you know, what is that going to be like? What, what are your roles going to look like going forward here as we all look at, is it going to be hybrid? Is it going to be totally online or back and forth? Or what is it going to be? So we're planning to go back full time, although we do have 21 different plans of what it could look like yep. if we're told <laughs> not to go back. Um, right. But if we do go back based on all of the training and everything that we did in the spring, a lot of my teachers were ready. They knew the tools and we just talked more about how to use the tools with instruction and focusing on different research behind it. So like now that we're online, how do you give feedback rather than here's Google Classroom, here's how you leave comments, you know, like no, talking about how to use moat and how to use video to provide feedback so it's more personalized and using research to back that up. And so then after we took um, those teachers, the teachers that were kind of like, I don't wanna use tech, well, they were forced to. And I got to work really closely with them and build really good relationships with them. I mean, they probably called me every single day and we just talked about how to use different tools. And so I'm really hoping those teachers keep that habit because we were in remote learning for so long in the fall and they use all those different skills to better their education for their um, students. So I don't know what the fall is going to look like. I've, we have a friend who is in China. His name's Mel. And he went to the Innovator Academy with Lance and I. And he has given us some insight. He said it's gone pretty good. Um, he said, though, in the fall, they're going to need 25 teachers. And that makes me really nervous. Like, I, that really hit me this week. Like, knowing 25 teachers might not come back. So what would that look like for kids, because we do have to think about our staff. Are they able to come back? Are they medically fragile? What is that gonna look like? How, how are we going to handle it? Because I don't know if we'll let subs in the building. And so that really hit home with me this week, just like, what are we gonna do for our staff? Because I think so often we focus on students and figuring out what's best for kids and how are we going to do all this with our students, um, but really focused on that. Lance, do you wanna fill anything in? since you stole my plans. Sure. Uh, you probably know them better than I do. <laughs> you know, we, we felt like a lot of people around us just sent packets home for learning uh, and, and didn't even have the kids return them. Um, we required our teachers to be online at least one hour every day having office hours. Uh, and we were using Google Classroom and we required all of our teachers to have their lessons loaded by 9 a.m. every morning. Um, you know, they could do a week at a time if they wanted to. 
but you know they had to have lessons available for them every morning at 9 a.m. for the students who were working on. We also had a plan though because we wanted to make sure that we had uh, you know access for everyone. So any student who didn't have internet access at home or didn't have a device at home, we provided them with a hotspot uh, or a Chromebook to use. Uh, we we actually sent home about 500. Chromebooks and about uh, 250 hotspots, uh, so the students were, were able to work. We only had one small section uh, to where the hotspots wouldn't work. Uh, we had teachers that actually put things on flash drives to work with the Chromebooks. Uh, and for, for parents who didn't want it that way, we did allow packets to go home with those students. So we felt like we were fairly successful. We used Zoom to communicate with our students every day. We used Zoom in our district anyway. Um, we felt like we were fairly successful with that. Going back for, for next year, we're planning on going back uh, to school. Uh, the governor has asked us to send a survey home to uh, every student and parent and asking them whether or not they want to come back. The, uh, the guidelines, not the mandates, but the guidelines they've given us is if a student or parent does not want their child to come back, we shouldn't make them because we don't know what they're going home to, whether it's a grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle. You know, the, the kid may not be in danger, but the kid could get it and take it home to somebody who is. Um, so he, the number he gave us was 20%. It's what we should be prepared to not come back. And if that's the case for us, that's 2,400 students that will not be coming back. Two, th two things to that. Number one, we can't lose the BEP funding for 2,400 students, as I'm sure no district could. So we're, we're, we're having to come up with a plan for our remote learning plan for those students who do not want to come back. Now, we've got we've, we've currently got about three plans in place, not 21, not Blackjack, Stephanie. Uh, but we've got, we've, got about three plan, we've got about three plans in place um, so that, you know, if a student decides to start remote learning from the very beginning, what does that process look like? Or the thing that we're really concerned with is, okay, what happens if we have five kids at a school who's got it and they've got to go home? Or what percentage do we get to where we got to shut down a whole school? And then what does it look like? So that, that's kind of the three different plans that we're looking at right now. And we've got those. Uh, we've got teacher expectations, student expectations, uh, and we've got uh, a few other ideas that we've got going right now we feel like we can be successful with. Um, just as a quick follow-up to that, how is your work, uh, I would say, how has your work sort of shifted, do you think, since we've turned most of our learning to um, remote learning in the last few months? What do you think are some of the biggest things that have increased for you? And what are some of the biggest things that have decreased for you? Um, so I, the, the hours that I'm working are definitely increased. Um, I actually I actually was creating so many tutorials, instructional videos and things in the beginning. Uh, I blew a device up. Uh, I was working 16 hours a day. I had a I had a studio that was set up in my garage at my house with lights and a backdrop. Uh, and we were just pumping out videos and, and then the device it just died. So um, I'm a currently it, it, it was it was crazy. I'm currently using a personal device uh, while they get me another device in, which has been an issue too, because uh, the devices that I use come in from Taiwan. Well, it got held up at the border. Uh, so that's, that's kind of been, you know, a problem getting it here. 
but we're, we're spending so much time right now creating, and I'm sure Stephanie is too, creating instructional videos over how to use our LMS and how to, we, we have a big push for using our district curriculum. So our, our teachers chose to, to go with Pearson or Amplify or Ready Math, those things. Uh, some of those things are not meant to be used in a remote learning situation. Uh, so we're trying to figure out a way to, to use that. We were going to go with Google Classroom at first, but if I build all of it in one space in Google Classroom, it's not really easy to get everything to everybody else's Google Classroom. So we're currently using Canvas also. So we're looking at maybe shifting some of our teachers from Google Classroom over to Canvas, which we're a little scared about doing because it's going to create a lot of training we have to do on the front end uh, and a lot of time. But in the long run, uh, it could make it so that it is easier for us because now I can blueprint courses and we can build district curriculum in the, in the top shell and then push it down to everybody else. So interesting, Lance. We're, we're basically having the same conversation at our school. We use both Google Classroom and Canvas, and I've been a huge Canvas advocate for the ease of duplicity. You know, I can construct a course in Canvas and easily replicate that for sections or for other teachers to use or for whatever. And I've struggled with doing that in Google Classroom quite a bit. So it's interesting for me to hear that um, that that's a pathway that you guys are sort of taking. Stephanie, I'd love for you to chime in on the on the question. Can, can I add one more thing to that real quick? Sure. So, so one other concern we had was, is for those students working in a remote environment is, how do we track attendance? Uh, and, and the problem with attendance in Google is, unless you have you know, something over the top of Google you're paying extra money for, when you go into the admin console, it may say right now that I logged in two weeks ago, but I'm currently logged in. If you don't physically log in and log out, uh, you know, every time it's not going to track that as a login. So we're, we're thinking, you know, if I have to go to court for a kid being truant for not doing their work, and let's face it, there were some kids that when they were working remote learning, they were not motivated. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. How do I go to court with this child and say, hey, we don't think they've logged in. They haven't done this work. It looks real shoddy in the courtroom. But with Canvas, I can go in there. And, and the term that I use is we can tell every time, well, I'm not going to say it, but we can tell every time they, they turn a page in Canvas, every time they log in. So that's another reason that we're possibly looking at using Canvas. Um, so one of our biggest weaknesses was parents. Um, so we had a lot of parents that were confused about expectations and just clarity. I think clarity was a huge issue for some teachers, but it was a good issue to have because teachers really saw right away if they did not provide enough clarity. And if you don't provide enough clarity online, you're probably not doing it in the classroom either, but you think you are because students are able to ask questions. And so the teachers were like, this kid's emailing me all the time. And I'm like, okay, well, what can we do? We could, you know, create a video to help them understand different concepts that they need to learn. We could list out, you know, using IORAD and then it creates a click. So every time you click, it creates like a box and great templates for kids to see how to log into different programs or to do different tasks. And so we had to be really creative with that clarity piece because if you really didn't have that before remote learning, 
the students really struggled because the teachers were getting bombarded by the same question. Where in the classroom, you get that question by one kid and you can answer it and all the kids can hear that answer rather than you going and answering it individually for every single student. Other issue was parents. So parents, since they were home, they were stressed. Um, they had to work. I had to work too. And I have a seven month year old. So that was a lot of fun because daycare was closed and my husband was essential. So he got to go into work and I'm here being a full-time mom and a technology coordinator where my job was crazy at that moment. So just trying to manage those two pieces and seeing that from the parent perspective, these parents were told they have to work and then they have to help their kids with school. That's stressful. I mean, there were some days where I was stressful. You can ask Lance, he was probably like, calm down. Um, but just like figuring that piece out. And I mean, it took maybe two, three weeks for people to get a routine of everybody's at home. I'm getting sick of these people because they're the only people I'm talking to right now, you know, and we need breaks from certain people. Um, but there was a lot of tension and one area was Google Classroom. That's our LMS that we use. And parents were confused about how teachers organize their information. And some kids, they were fine because they've used Google Classroom since the start of the year. Other teachers, they didn't use it on a regular basis, especially students with disabilities. They kind of struggled without that guidance from their teacher of where to click. And so this summer, we're trying to work on a parent university. So teaching parents how to use Google Classroom. What do they need to look at? Because we can't invite parents into our Google Classrooms due to, due to um, FERPA and just protecting the students. So having that conversation and sitting down with your child, what does that conversation look like first off? Because a lot of parents don't know. And then showing the parents how the teacher organizes information. So we're actually having our teachers create a syllabus which a lot of teachers have never done, which I was kind of shocked because I mean, that just seems like you should do that, but just helping them again with that clarity piece and explaining what is a part of their course. And then the second thing that we're asking teachers to do is creating a video tour, so a virtual tour of their classroom. So teachers will take Screencastify, we video, whatever they wanna use and show the parents and teachers how they're laying out their classroom. So here's how I organize by dates. Here's where I put the material. Here's where my syllabus is. Here's how to use the stream. Here's how to find the Google Meet link when I turn it on and turn it off. Here is when we're going to have Google Meets. A lot of these questions were unanswered because we just threw people right into it. And then from there, um, also teaching parents how to use, you know, Google Calendar because we want our teachers to sign due dates so that kids can manage a lot better. Because that was one of our weaknesses was those skills that kids just need to manage their time and all that kind of stuff. Because at school, they're told what to do. Where with remote learning, it was like, good luck. You can do this whenever you want. And some students did amazing with it. And other students needed that structure of, you need to do this at this time. I think we found the same. I think yeah. it's a great idea to have, um, you know, parent university um, and getting ready for uh, whatever the fall brings. That's that's yeah, a great idea. Definitely. So, uh, so Lance and Stephanie, I was wondering if we could jump back here. And so here, our podcast, this series is really focusing on networks. And I know you belong to a network of, of podcasts. And I'm wondering, you know, what kind of connections you've been able to make and 
how valuable it's been to you. If you could kind of speak to that. Yeah. So we just recently um, got asked by Chris Nessie to join the podcast network and you get thrown into a Voxer group and we've been able to have a bunch of different conversations and suggestions and helping promote and different questions like that with that network. Again, I'm so big about having that personal learning network and then you have to find your people. So you have to figure out, do you like, you know, podcasts? So get with those people. Do you like Google? Get with those different people. Microsoft, you can, you can hang out with them. I'm not a huge Microsoft fan. Um, but you can Microsoft has a network, really? I, I think I yeah, it's that. like yeah. I think it's MI, like Microsoft. I don't know what the I even stands for. Who knows? I thought it was just people <laughs> complaining about how they don't like to use Microsoft Word. <laughs> right. I, I, mean, I was thinking, I was thinking it was Teams. They don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think actually, we, it's Microsoft Access. Nobody yeah, really likes to we, use. We that. could definitely create our own little group about how we don't like Microsoft. <laughs> um, but just find who you connect with, and that group will support you and help promote you and cheer you on. And when you fail, they're cheering you on still. Yeah, and we've got, we've actually, Stephanie and I are in a lot of common uh, PLNs or networks. Uh, we've got our, our own GEG, so she's got GEG Ohio uh, that she helps to lead. I've got GEG Tennessee that, that I'm the lead of. Uh, and then there's our global GEG, which is a group that, uh, you know, is globally across the, the, uh, the world that, that we do trainings and things like that with. Uh, then we got our Team America group. So our group that was uh, all in Australia together that's was from America. So we've got lots of groups that uh, it can get confusing actually at, at times because it's like, which group do I ask this question to? So generally I just go in there and annoy everybody and ask it. And Stephanie gets to see it like five times. I, I know I know that feeling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stephanie, I really love you know, you pointing out that, you know, connect with your people, you know, that find those people that are going to support you and, you know, that are going to raise the bar for you as well and challenge you and, and, you know, help you to grow professionally. I think that that's uh, an excellent point. So I'm, I'm wondering what's next for both of you. What's, what's going to happen next between for, for you personally and for get inspired and innovate and what, what kind of plans do you have for, for the summer? Uh, well, I'm hoping we still record our podcast. I mean, this would be a bad time to break up with me, Lance. This <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah. is like the podcast wife and podcast husband. I know, right? right? I'm a thing. little nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> but just keep recording and connecting with other people. That's one big thing. One thing that we just started is global GEG. So that's connecting all the local Google educator groups and kind of putting all the leaders into one big group. So you've got all these super humans um, collaborating together to provide these amazing free events for different educators. And it's been nice because for me, Eric Kurtz and I, we run Ohio. And so when we do our monthly meetings, that's just two people and it's a lot of work. And so now that we have 40 different leaders, we have tons of connections because everybody knows everybody. And Somebody's like, I put in the chat, I was like, who knows how to sketch note or who knows somebody that does? And within like five minutes, we had a presenter that was going to lead our sketch noting session that somebody needed. And it's just been super helpful having those different connections and people on board and then supporting those local places. Um, so Ohio, like there's no way I could run a Google level one boot camp 
but with this group, I'm able to. Yeah, we just recorded episode fifty or seventy-two today, so we've been we've been recording a little over a year now. Uh, and actually, I asked that question to Stephanie just today. You know, how can we grow? How can we continue to to push out good content and and to educate more people? Uh, so we're constantly looking to grow. Well, one thing I'd like to point out, though, is not not only are we helping each other, you know, uh, in in this space, but I, I feel like personally we are too. You know, there's days, as Stephanie said, that she was just hard to deal with, and uh, you know, I I didn't mind making that comment of, "Hey, what's going on with you today? Are you okay?" And then there's times that she'll say, "You've got to stop." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "You're just doing way too much. You're getting too much in. You're too stressed. You got to stop." And you know, so we're also you know there for each other too. So I, I feel like that's important. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. This group is definitely, and they you know, Ginny and Julia might have heard me say this a few times since our first recordings is that this podcast has certainly been a salve for me as we've gone through some of the most tumultuous times, not only in teaching for me, but also in the world. You know, we've talked um, a couple episodes with a good friend of mine um, just after the death of George Floyd and um, right at the onset of sort of the protests that were happening around the United States. And that was super important conversation and one that I think we took a lot away from. And then just talking with some of the other folks like y'all that we have on here are uh, who are doing really cool things in making the world uh, change uh, for the better for young people, you know. And um, one of the one of the segments we have on every episode is how is this conversation encouraging us to reflect on education and how it's making us rethink what's happening um, for education as a whole or for our schools or for our practice and. Uh, I want to hear everybody's thoughts on that. Um, I'll, I'll kick us off this uh, this episode, and I'll say that it's really interesting for me to hear about how people get connected in some really sometimes bizarre and meandering ways, right? And how important it is for you to be kind of both aware and um, and listening to when you're having a conversation with another person, like, you know, this person could be bringing something really important and uh, great to my life, and I might not even realize it right now, but if a conversation is meaningful for you, then I think it's really well worth uh, regarding that with um, the, the, like, care that it deserves and following up, right? Just say, hey, it was super cool to chat with you the other day. And let's just keep talking and see what happens. Um, and you never know. You might uh, magically start a podcast and record 72 episodes together. Or you might, you know, um, hop on the Google Innovator Network and be encouraged by that recent relationship that you've, uh, that you've made. So just, just uh, keeping your ears and your heart open to the people that you meet in the world. Um, Julie, what, what are you thinking over there? Um, I'm thinking how grateful I am that I have patient teammates. Thank you, Janine. Um, I can say that uh, this group here, I have a different starting point when it comes to technology, um, but I am always willing to give it a go, I hope. 
Um, so my students and teaching partners are amazing. Uh, it's really made the difference for me to maintain a growth mindset, I guess you'd say. I think that's it. Um, I, I think of all <laughs> right. the times our students yeah, <laughs> approach a project and feel uncertain about their skill level or they don't have a clear way forward. Well, I feel like that all the time when it comes to technology. So that kind of discomfort and being able to push through. Um, at least my students uh, see me trying every day and the messages and that's when the learning happens. So I am happy to provide that example for my students. <laughs> so awesome. Lance, what are you thinking? So what, what's come to mind right, me, right now is it's kind of a series that I'm going through right now. And the title of it is Love Leans In. So, so many times I, I want to be the problem solver. Uh, my, my wife, you know, she has a problem. I want to give her an answer to it. Or a teacher has a problem. I want to give them an answer to it. Here's how you do this. Here's how you fix this. People aren't always looking for a fix or this is how you do it. Sometimes they just need you to lean in and listen and have empathy towards them. And, and as I'm thinking towards some of my more veteran teachers that I've talked to lately, um, and they don't understand this online world that we're in, uh, and the reason and the purpose behind it, you know, they're scared and they have fear. Uh, and that's okay that they do because it's new. Uh, now, everyone on my talk to, they've been willing to work and, and to, to work on those things. But the first thing that I had to do was lean in, understand where they're at, listen to them and, and show them love by, by leaning in and listening. Uh, and after we got through that, and I think it's the same thing with students, after you get through that phase, um, you know, then you can truly have some learning and some things going on there. But I, I think first we need, we need to remember love and love leans in. That's awesome. Matt, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking a lot of things. Uh, I can definitely relate, you know, being a tech coach to, to some of the sentiments you were saying about, you know, working, uh, a ridiculous amount of hours and, and feeling a bit lonely. But, um, but I think my takeaway is obviously a lot deeper than that. Um, I was sort of struck by by a word or a phrase that Stephanie said early on in our conversation that, you know, that sort of prevented her from, from leaving education. And I think, and, and Stephanie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that one of the things that prevented you was obviously the Innovator Academy, but it was putting into practice. It was doing something that, that brought about a change, a significant change. And I just think but that is so important for us as educators to be to be doing to be change agents to be bringing about something and we see the world um you know is better off as a result of us of us doing something whether it be a fellow educators or whether it be students or whether it be the community and, and i just think those are are really important things to remember um and especially if you're listening and you're struggling with in the education, um, you know, look into the, the Innovator Academy. Um, but if that's not for you, then think about where can you be a change agent? What change can you bring about? And I think those would be important things to take away. Janine, what are you thinking over there? I was gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of Matt here. Um, it's kind of along the same lines there about, you know, sure, if technology is your thing, then definitely go do, you know, Google Innovators and, you know, I will definitely check all that out. I actually really appreciate you guys sharing that information on that. Uh, I'm, I'm probably half of a tech coach in some sense, one way or another at our school. But <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say, though, is, you know, it, maybe you're not ready to be a change agent, but maybe just being able to, you have to step outside your classroom. 
right? Don't let this be an isolating profession, especially now that it's online. That's even that, that could make it even worse, right? There's so many online conferences and there's webinars going on right now. And, you know, if things go back to being, you know, face to face and in person that, you know, find something that you can go and attend to and, you know, meet other people that are in your field. You know, um, Julie and I go, we had, we had PAMLE on, right, for middle level educators in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, so connecting with people that are teaching middle level students is, has been awesome for us, you know, because we can share similar stories, like we, we have all these connections. So I guess that's, that's what I'm taking away here and, and kind of rethinking that, you know, teachers really should be encouraged to get outside of their classrooms and, you know, go, go connect with other people. Stephanie, what are you thinking? Yeah, definitely connection with people is huge. Um, don't be afraid. I definitely heard tons of podcasts before I went to ISTE my first time. They were like, just go up to those people and just say hi. And I was like, oh, I'm such an introvert. Like, I can't do that. And then after Google Innovator, that confidence came out. Now I'm I'm like, yeah, I'll go up and say hi to whoever, you know, because you really could miss an opportunity if you don't go and say hi to somebody. But for me, I think my focus right now is um, empowering others. I'm very, very type A. And I've realized right now I'm practicing letting go. And if somebody doesn't do it right when I ask them to do it, which is like a minute after I expect it to be done, um, to relax and give them time to do it and try to work with them and say, okay, I want you to do this and I'm going to wait and support you and cheer you on. But also just reminding people like, it's okay if they don't do it the way that I might have done it. It could be better and they could reach more people the way that they do it. And I just need to be more patient. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, everything y'all are saying is super important. I, I hope that our listeners are gaining as much from this conversation as I am. I, I really appreciate everybody's reflections. As we're moving into the end of the episode though, I want to share some less intense, reflective moments and more plugs, things people want to share, things people want to get out there in the world. Matt, I know you want to go first. Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm going to play a new uh, podcast I just started listening to. It's Pin Drop. It's a new podcast from Ted, and it's just super, super interesting. So they uh, sort of like drop you off in a far uh, land and just kind of take a unique approach and uh and just help you understand the people the one their first one was on bangkok and uh and that was pretty awesome janine what do you plug in um i'm gonna plug a site called kiva.org it's spelled k-i-v-a.org um it's a it's, it's really all about micro lending um for people all around the the world um that are mostly in, in poverty stricken areas that are trying to make a difference in their communities and make their lives better. Um, and whether they're starting businesses and you know, that kind of stuff, um, that they put in, um, like an application for like applying for a loan basically, but, um, you're able to volunteer to donate, you know, $25 to their, their cause. And that's really like all they need. $25 can make a huge difference in somebody else's life and, you know, a third world, third world country. So, um, we've used it with our students in the past to have them pick out projects that they wanted to fund. And we, we would fundraise and have our own um, classroom amount. Um, and then that we would get to divvy it out to, to people 
um, that applied for the loans. And what's cool though, is that you get the money back probably like 90% of the time that they, once they, you know, it's a loan, it's a loan for them. So they'll return the money and then you can go and divvy it out again. So it's like an ongoing, you keep on, keep on giving and giving and giving um, and helping somebody else's life better. So Kiva.org, check it out. Super cool. Julie, what do you want to plug? Um, I'm looking at project work for next year and interested in how to move that virtual or at least be ready to move it virtual. And I've been looking around the Global Dignity Project website. Um, there are resources there that are interesting to consider for a student activism project or even advisory materials. So Global Dignity. Awesome. Lance, what do you want to plug? All right, I would hit three right quick. One, CK, ck12.org content. If you need content that's free, uh, that you can bring straight into Google Classroom, uh, that is built off of common core standards, uh, it's there. You can use it, adaptive practice, all that. Uh, second one, uh, My Viewboard by ViewSonic. It is like Jamboard, but on steroids. It's got a whole lot more options. Uh, they're providing it for free right now too. Uh, MyViewboard.com. And then last, edgeelastic.com. If you're needing to assess your kids, you're needing to build uh, test questions that are technology enhanced, they've got it. For the most part, it's free if you need uh, the district reports and things that do charge for that. But for most teachers, the free part would work just fine. Awesome. Stephanie, what do you want to plug? Um, I'm going to be biased, um, but definitely Global GEG. So it is a team of educators. I talked about them earlier, but if you need professional learning, they are your go-to or just support in a community. They are amazing. So definitely check them out at globalgeg.org. Cool. That sounds great. I want to plug um, something that's pretty relevant right now. If you guys have been following the uh, movement to remove standardized testing in the college admissions process, you will have noticed that some big players have decided to go test optional this week. So Harvard, uh, a small university located in the fine city of Cambridge, you may have heard of them. They decided to go test optional this week, which was a big deal. Um, still waiting for Stanford and Yale, but you know, anytime now would be great for them to go test optional. Georgetown this morning went quote unquote test flexible which uh, I don't know what that means, but if you read Georgetown's website, they will try to explain it to you. But if you're trying to keep track of all of this uh, nonsense of which college requires standardized exams for admission, particularly for next fall, you can head on over to fairtest.org. That is the repository of um, all sorts of resources around um, fair and open testing. They're an amazing organization. They've been doing groundbreaking advocacy work on the reduction of the emphasis of standardized exams in the college admissions process for a long time now. So check out fairtest.org if you get a chance. Listen up, guests, Lance, Stephanie. It's been really terrific to hear from you this fine evening. Um, really appreciate you taking your time out of your schedules and joining us. Co-hosts, as usual, it's been a pleasure. I hope that everybody has a wonderful night. And listeners, thanks for listening. We appreciate you continuing to tune in to continue to support our pod. Please leave us a rating on iTunes if you get the chance. It really helps. Thanks. Thanks.